0: like our Father. Can we just say that out loud together? We are generous like my Father. Like my Father. Hallelujah. So Lord, this morning, we want to do that. We want to hear your voice. We want to celebrate all you're doing, and uh, we thank you for that, God. So we just bless every part of the moves you're making, and we know that it's according to your plan of purpose, and we're just in agreement with that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Before we get going, I do want to forget one thing. We have a, a testimony. You want to come on up? Or, uh, got a text from Judy yesterday, and she was excited about sharing that testimony, so we're going to do that.
1: Hi. Um, wow, my mind just went totally blank. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if this service was, or if I'm for this service, or the service is for me, that's all I can say, because... It goes right along with my testimony. Um, I have a new fresh sense of Jesus this week, and I wanted to share it with you all because it was such an encouragement to me, and I thought it could encourage others. Um, I've had a medical journey going on here with my hip for a couple of years, and I've wound up at Ortho Illinois um, with an MRI and x-rays and all that, and a surgeon. And they started, at first, to tell me that I was fine. My hips looked good. Uh, Then they did the MRI, and they didn't look good. So he said um, this week, Tuesday, he gave me the results. And he told me that I would need six weeks of therapy, and one of two things would happen. Either I would get better, yay! Or I would need surgery. So that scared me. I don't like surgery. Who does, right? So um, I thought, okay, now I've got And then I got overwhelmed. I felt very overwhelmed because I had to now find um, physical therapists that were good. A lot of good ones. And um, a gym for some water therapy and ultrasound and all this stuff. And I just was overwhelmed with the thought of that search. Um, So I did have an appointment with my chiropractor who does deep tissue massage, which is another thing that's good. So um, I went there, um, um, um. (laughs) And uh, he, I brought my MRI, and he read it. And uh, then he said, come on into the room. And he said, this is serious. And I said, oh. (laughs) I said, well, I'm believing God for a healing because he's done it for me before. And I'm believing him again for a healing. And then he said, well, I know about healings from God, and I'll pray for you. And that totally settled me down, even before he talked to me. You know, so then he sat me down and, went into detail about what was wrong with me, which the surgeon didn't. And uh, when he was done, he said, I just want you to know I can't help your hip. So I said, that's okay. You've helped everything else, and I'm still coming. (laughs) So I got out of there, and I felt so good that I went to, oh, before I left, I said, do you have a physical therapist you could recommend to me? And he did. So um, he said he was very good, He'd had patients and family that had used them. So I went right over there from there. And uh, I sat outside in my car stalling. Um, There was a lady that walked out and sat down in her car and got on her phone. So I was going to ask her, do you like these people? And I was waiting. And then a man walks out of the... uh, physical therapist's office, and he says, can I help you? And I said, well, I'm looking for a physical therapist. He said, come on in. And then he went back in. So I went in, and there was a girl sitting there, and I started talking to her, this receptionist. And um, I wound up liking this place. There was a gentleman sitting in the office with me um, who Was a patient, obviously, he had a brace. And he sat there for a long time. And then finally he got up and asked the receptionist an insurance question and sat back down. So that was fine. The girl and I are talking. She's um, filling up appointments for me. And I'm still nervous about this whole thing. So then uh, the girl gets a phone call, it's her sister who's in some kind of medical trouble and had to leave work, she started to get upset. So the man who was sitting there got up, young, youngish man, 30, 35, 40, something like that, and he said, can I pray for you? And she said, yes. So he starts praying for her, and you know, that was like my sign. Yes, I'm agreeing in prayer with him, my hands up, and we're praying for this girl. So then he, Instead of sitting back down, he just left. So he left, and uh, the girl started to cry, and then, then uh, I comforted her and all that. But I felt at that point, this is my place. And right next door is a gym that has saltwater uh, pool therapy, which is beautiful, yeah. And uh, they also had the ultrasound at the physical therapist, And it was just all falling right into place, Uh, every step. It was like Jesus was with me, and he was confirming, this is your place. This is where I want you to be. And I just love that. (laughs) Um, I definitely, he just, he took all of my, I was so overwhelmed, and he took all of that away. And I just felt at peace. So the peace of Jesus, the leading of Jesus, and if any of you have anything in your life, whether it's physical or um, uncertainty or whatever it may be that is overwhelming you, and maybe you even feel a little overcome, then I just want you to know you don't have to feel that way. And this, by the way, this is a bracelet Jody made, and it's got a little tag on it that says HOPE. And that's
0: what we all have in Jesus. So, awesome. Thanks, hon. Every step along the way, man, he's there. Thank you for sharing that. We, uh, we have a good father <laughs> who loves us. And uh, my, uh, <laughs> my children sometimes don't understand everything that I do. Uh, or that my plans for them but like yesterday we had three trees went down in our yard we had to take down in our yard so how many of you know three trees is a lot of wood and a lot of work to get it out of your yard so we marched all four kids out there and even the one on crutches she was helping out and at first sydney was she's not here right she's upstairs sydney was kind of like ah, this is my day off <laughs> i'm like Sorry, you're 14. You don't get a day off. You know. <laughs> and so, and so we went out, we marched out working. But don't you know, by the end of the day, even though she was kind of resisting dad's plan for her life <laughs> for that Saturday, by the, the end of the night, we, we had a huge bonfire. We had all the stuff we were burning. And then we're sitting there and she turns to me and she goes, dad, this was a great day. And I thought, you know, isn't that just kind of how God is sometimes? Sometimes we're going, God, what are you doing? This seems weird. And how come you're not healing me the way I want to be healed? And where are you taking me? And we kind of if you will, flail around a little bit, but the father's like, you know what, I got this. By the end of the day, you're going to be eating food around a fire, hanging out with your dad, and he's even going to crack out the Halloween candy a little early to give you some. So there you go. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it ended up being a great day. And then we begin to realize how good, if you will, our father is and the plans and purposes that he has for us and the journey sometimes, um, it turns out to be awesome. Anybody say amen? Awesome. Awesome. So this generous father that we have, we wanna, I want to get to this. There's a few things. How many of you know the difference between a thermostat and a thermometer? Somebody tell me what a thermostat is. Just anybody. Oh, go ahead. That's all right. No, Ted, this is on you because she's poking him, so I'm going to go with you. <laughs> right. It tells you what the temperature is, right? A thermostat. Sorry, my bad. A thermometer does that a thermometer tells you what the temperature is a thermostat actually regulates you can adjust it right so how many of you like it cool anybody like it cool in your house how many of you like it really warm in your house all right so you guys can't come over cuz my house is freezing cold my daughter was wearing a hat, and a sweatshirt, and a blanket yesterday. She goes, "Up, did I can't do the dishes because it's so cold." I said, "What are you talking about?" We go over to the we go over to the, thermo, the thermostat, and we look. Okay, it's 52 in here, but you know, <laughs> I'll turn it up a little bit, you know. But don't you know, I turned it up a little bit, and whoop, all of a sudden it got warm really fast, right? See, a thermometer is that thing you stick under your tongue, and it tells you what your temperature is. And I want to tell you this morning that I believe that generosity is both these things, right? I believe that generosity, as we're talking about this topic, generosity can be a, we'll start with a thermometer. I believe it's a thermometer. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, 19 to 21, if you would. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, if you, uh. If you turn there in your Bibles. All right, so Jesus is teaching on money again. He did it a lot. In fact, they, uh, if you look, look through, it's, uh, he, te- he teaches about money uh, almost more than anything, right? He's talking about it a lot. It must be a big deal. And he turns to them and he says this to the, those that he's teaching. And he says, do not, everybody say do not, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. It says in verse 20, But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. Verse 21 is the key. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. In essence, Jesus is saying, look, if you take the thermometer of your life, you can take your temperature on where your heart is based on where your money is. You want to know where your heart is? Where's is your money? What are you doing with your money? Are you storing it up for yourselves here on earth? Or do you have a divine perspective in terms of eternity for our money? You've all heard the phrase, you can't take it with you, right? You ever hear the the joke about the guy that was was uh, getting near to death, and he's a really rich guy, and so he says, "Listen, I want you to bury me with gold bricks all around me and all my graves, right?" And they're like, you know, so they did. They buried him with all his gold, and like he gets to heaven, and he says, "Where's my?" He says, "Here's all my gold, and now, you know, I'm right up here at the heaven's gate with all my gold." And the and Peter looks at him and says, "Oh, you brought uh, pavement for the roads. That's so nice of you to do that." Because the Bible says that the roads are made out of of gold, right? Bricks. And I thought, man, you know what? It is so important that we get a perspective on this thing. Am I worrying about making pavement? Or am I worried about doing eternal things? And he says this, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Take your thermometer. What are you doing with it? And you can find or th- find out exactly where you're at. But the second thing, and this is the one I really want to focus on today, is that generosity is a thermostat. How many of you know that God gives us the option of doing something with our resources? Right? So Second Corinthians nine, we read this last week, but I want to read it again. Second Corinthians nine, verse uh, six says this remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Verse 7, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Again, back to where your treasure is, where your heart is. And what is he saying? In your heart, hold on to your money? Or what does he say here? In your heart, decide what you're going to give. What are you going to do with it? Make it work for you. He says, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And verse 8, and God is able to bless you, and God is able to bless you abundantly. Everybody say, abundantly. Abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. And then last week we looked closely at this, but I just want to read it one more time. Verse 10. Now he who supplies, now he who supplies, seed to the sower, And bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. We talked last week a little bit about how God gives us everything we need and part of that is in bread form for us to consume and eat and the other part of it is in what? Seed form. And again, how foolish it would be for us to do either of those things the wrong way. In other words, don't eat your seed but don't give away your bread either. See, like some people feel like they have to be godly. They have to kind of give everything away. Well, the Bible doesn't actually teach that. It teaches that we should have bread to eat. He provides our things we need, the provision. But he also provides seed for us to be able to, to, uh, to bless and give generously to other people, right? So question this week. How many of you were able to give generously to someone this week? You don't have to give me details. Just raise your hand. How many of you were generously? Okay, there we go. I know somebody bought me a meal uh, the other day out of the blue, and it was buffalo wild wings and fries and the whole thing. It was so beautiful because I had a football game on, and I had a baseball game on, and hockey was on, and it was the first game of the NBA season. We're like, oh, all the planets aligned, you know, all four major sports are on the, you know, (laughs) and we're getting free food on Buddha. I mean, it was just beautiful, right? And so there's these opportunities we have to be generous to people, and sometimes we, we get it in the form of bread. Like, in other words, sometimes it's things that we get to, in this case, literally consume. <laughs> and other times there's opportunity for us to say, hey, God, use me to bless this person. So this week, uh, I, I won't give any names, but there was a person in my life that is really struggling, um, looks like they're about to lose their job, and they're really kind of depressed, and... I just felt like I was walking, and I felt like God said, give them some some money. So I reached in my wallet. I had $22 of cash, and I gave it to them. And I thought, nice job, Steve. Only Holy Spirit wasn't finished with me that, because I got out the door, and he goes, now go to the bank and cash that one check that somebody else gave you, and give them that money as well. (laughs) So I go to the bank, cash it, come swing back around, and gave him some more money, Right? See, because here's the thing, I got bread to eat from somebody else's generosity, right? But I also had seed that I got a chance to throw into somebody else's life. And if our weeks aren't consisting of either bread through our jobs and, you know, our work and that kind of thing, and seed throwing, then we've kind of missed it. Because how many of you know Jesus was pretty generous, right? God the Father gave his only son, that whole thing, right? And here's the, this is the kicker for me that's really been stuck in my brain. God will never ask me to do anything outside of his character. In other words, he's not going to expect me to be a giver if he's not a giver. Amen. He's not going to expect me to heal people if he isn't healing people. He doesn't expect me to, to you know, say words of, uh, of wisdom and, and discernment and prophetic things if he's not already those things. Right? So we can rest in this fact of saying, you know what, Jesus was generous. I get to be generous because it's in his character. Amen. Amen. All right. So it goes on. He says, verse 10 now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of bread. Right? No, it's seed. You see, the more we give, the more opportunity he gives us to give. And we'll enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Verse 11, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Isn't that interesting? He says, you're going to be enriched in every way so that you can be generous. Like, that's the whole point of us favor and blessing that God gives us. And so... It's all about choices, isn't it? It's all about me saying, Lord, in my life, with, my, uh, with my, my blessings and my favors and all those things God has given me, I get a chance to either sit back and just do nothing, or I can turn up the thermostat, right? And it's interesting because if you look, keep moving, there's a whole bunch of these verses. Luke chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus is again teaching on money and giving, and he says, give and it will be given to you. Okay, just, let's just stay with you for a second. Some of you are moving ahead. Give, and it will be given to you. Period. It's not a comma. There's not a disclaimer there. There's not, the only thing that it moves on in this verse is that it goes on to explain a little more all about how if we will give, we're going to be given too. Now, I don't, you know, again... I've been reading this book by Chris Valentin and talks about money, wealth, and poverty and all that. And he says that back in the 80s and 90s, some of you were in church and, you know, they call it the prosperity movement and name it, claim it, and all that kind of stuff. And I think that, you know, people got a little off track with that because they wanted to have boats and planes and those kind of things. But just because someone distorts a verse doesn't mean that it's also not true. Are you with me? Like some people take it and twist it into a weird thing, but if we just go back to what Jesus actually said, he says give and it will be given to you. And then he goes on and says, listen, there's even more. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Have anybody here ever turned the bath on and forgot about it? you know like have you ever left it run and you know like that feeling is really first of all it's not good if you're in the house and that kind of thing but that idea of something running over like that's the picture Jesus is trying to put in our mind to say listen if give and it will be given to you and not just a little bit back but actually just pouring over and running over and it's going to be so much more than what you expected right and then he says this For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. Now, that seems like it shouldn't be there. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that seems like it could be a selfish verse. And some people took it to be selfish. But if you take that and along with some of these others go back to Corinthians we just looked at. He says, look, I want you to have abundance so that you can be generous. Like the idea of us being abundantly blessed and running over and all that isn't just so that we can have a bunch of good stuff, although I believe God wants us to have good things. But he says, listen, I want it so that we measure. And whatever you do, however you give, that's your measurement. That's your standard for what it is that the blessings are going to come. Right? So if I, according to Corinthians, if I sow little, I reap little. If I sow much, I receive much. I think we need to shake off that religious spirit that says that we have to be poor or struggling in order for us to be holy. In other words, I think in the church, a lot of times over the years, it's like the more poverty spirit I had, then, oh, I'm more like Jesus, and Jesus was poor, and Jesus wasn't poor. If I had more weeks, I'd get into this. If you want to read Chris Vallotton's book, he goes into a whole bunch of this. But let me read you what it says in the Passion Translation on that same verse. He says, in uh, luke 638 give generously, and generous gifts will be given back to you, shaken down <laughs> to make room for more. Okay, d- <laughs> We like cereal at our house. My kids love cereal. In fact, if Susie could live on one thing, it would be cereal, my daughter, Susie. But so we buy it in those big bags. You ever buy it in those big bags of cereal, right? They're really hard to work with. So we put the bags of cereal into little into these plastic containers that we then can pour out and use, right? But inevitably, my container doesn't quite fit all of the cereal that I bought in the bag, right? And so one of my jobs, I guess, is to try to get all the cereal into containers to stuck into the cupboard so my kids can have this sugar-coated goodness, all right? <laughs> and so... I find myself, and this verse really rings true, because when I pour the cereal in, I start bang, 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 banging it so that I can get more cereal into the dot, right? Mike, you know what I'm talking about, right? So I'm, I'm always bang, bang, banging this thing because I hate having little, little small bags of cereal that aren't fitting in my thing, right? And so I see this verse and I'm thinking that really when we're generous, we begin to give, God begins to bang our containers so that the stuff goes down. Why? So we can put more stuff in our stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like that is such a big verse for us. Because he says, if you give generously, generous gifts are going to come back and you're going to have to shake the container to make it fall down, to make room for more. Abundant gifts will pour out upon you with such an overflowing measure that it will run over the top. You're not going to be able to get all of the cereal in the container. (laughs) He says, your measurement of generosity becomes the measurement of your return. It's in the Bible, right? Teachers often say, I'm not making this stuff up. I'm telling you, this is actually what the Bible says. It's actually Jesus, right? And it's, it's time, I think, for us to quit being stingy, right? The Father isn't stingy, so neither should I. So, you know, this idea that I give $22 to somebody, and then the Father says, Holy Spirit says, now go cash that check and get some more money and bring it back and give it to that person. What did that feel like to the person I gave to? What? Yeah, awesome. But it felt like more, didn't it? Like 22 was good, and I said, hey, why don't you guys go out for a date? Because I know you haven't been out for a while. That was the purpose of the money. I said, go out, just go out, go then I thought, 22 bucks, <laughs> you, you know, that's not very good. So let's go back and give them some more. So when I came back, it felt like overflow to me and to them, I think. And who knows, maybe this week I'll give some more. <laughs> but he says, your measurement of generosity becomes a measurement of your return. And I thought about that verse, and I thought, you know what? Because I was obedient in generosity, I fully expect to receive some blessing from, from the Father to me. I do. Because the measurement of my generosity becomes the measurement of my return. Even if you look uh, into the Old Testament, I mean, it started even there with a couple of verses, and we'll, we'll end with these. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24, uh, again, in the Passion Translation, it says, generosity brings prosperity, but withholding from charity brings poverty. Well, it's pretty contrast, isn't it? <laughs> it's one or the other. Generosity brings prosperity, but withholding from charity brings poverty. Those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. And the one who pours out his life to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor. You ever read some verses in the Bible and they're just like dripping with awesomeness? <laughs> like you look at that verse, it seemed, it's so full, it's so powerful, so many big words in there, right? prosperity and, and, and blessing and heaping on us and pouring into our lives and pouring out blessing. I mean, those are, those are huge things, right? So then he says this in uh, Proverbs 11, uh, 25, and this is in the NIV. He says, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. I love bio, the, the scriptures so often because it's not a Maybe. It's not a kind of, maybe, sort of, you know. Some of you know my pet peeve is my kid saying like. Like this and like that. And oh, like, you know, like this is dead. And like, you know, he's sitting and like, you know. Ah, It's not a like or a possibility or a maybe. What is it? He says it's a will. If you do this, it's like that A plus B equals C. You know, this is going to happen. If you do this, then God will do this and this will be the results. Whoever A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Don't you love that about God? I believe you can take him at his word. I believe that he wants us to be these kind of people. And I don't know how he wants us to do it this week. It may be in the form of, uh, you know, a big tip for your waitress. It may be in the form of seeing somebody and having that little thought come to your mind like, like, like like it happened to me this week. I don't know. I just know this. That if we will pray for God to help us see generosity, we actually will. Amen. So why don't you stand with your feet. I'm just going to, we're going to pray over you as we go. And, and uh, I want God to just begin to quicken us right now. And especially uh, as we have talked about seeing Jesus in our situations and these things. And and uh, again, let's just put our hand on our heart. In fact, I would encourage you to put one on your heart and one on your mind. Just on your brain. And Lord, this morning we thank you that you are a good God, that Father, you are generous, and so we want to be like you. And so, Lord, I pray today that our minds and our hearts would be quickened, even this day. Holy Spirit, I ask you to bring to mind right now some thoughts, some ideas, perhaps even revelation into some areas in terms of generosity today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Consume our hearts. Consume our hearts, Jesus. Let us see what you're doing. So just ask him right now, Lord, if you would show me some ways I can be generous this week. I believe he wants to give you some ideas right now. Just ask him. Jesus, show me. Let my my giving and my generosity look like yours Hallelujah. Just everybody's eyes closed, but if you had a thought about being generous in a certain area and God is quickening your heart, just raise your hand. I want to see I want to see your hand today. It's good. It's good. Hallelujah. And I just ask him for more. More. Help us to see generosity. Help us to see that, Lord. And so, Father, I thank you for that today. I thank you, God, that you have such good plans and purposes for us and for those around us, Father. I pray that you would raise our standard, our measurement of giving. Hallelujah. Lord, you said our measurement of generosity becomes the measurement of our return. So Lord, I pray that you would speak into us whether it's paying the toll for the car behind us or whether it's giving to someone uh, begging on the street or whether it's giving in our or even in our tithes and offerings. God, whatever it is you have for us, Lord, let our measurement and our standard be raised by our choices of generosity today. I pray that. Hallelujah. So I'm going to ask the ushers to come real quick as we close today, and just want to give you opportunity to to do that. And again, uh, Holy Spirit is the one that's going to tell you. And uh, so as they come, I just want to bless you one more time, Lord. We just bless whatever you 're doing with this offering. I ask God that you would give us your thoughts, your ideas and uh, and your amounts and and let this whole thing be about you. I pray in Jesus name. amen. amen. last week we mentioned well just as you give, let me just give you this as uh, I mentioned last week, and i, I told you i 'm reading this book myself, Poverty, Riches, and Wealth by Chris Valentin. <laughs> It is really good, man. I mean, if you, uh, if you uh, want some some deeper teaching and, and uh, actually, he tells a lot of stories. If you know Chris Valentin or listen to any of his stuff, he's really got some amazing stories, and he tells his story of moving from poverty to wealth, and it he does he, he gets overwhelmed by it it 's amazing, and so it 's a really fun book it 's not very big. Uh, you can pick it up on Amazon or wherever, but I encourage you to do that. All right. Just a couple other things. Uh, Wednesday we have our uh, Emmanuel prayer thing. Uh, that's really been going awesome. We uh, we really feel good about that. And uh, so, have a great week and. Go-